Yo, welcome back to the Take Two Podcast. My name is Kaylee and we are pumped to be back um, kicking off really our third season of the podcast. Um, Short season for the summer, but figured it'd still be good to put out some content um, and bring in some some other guests that we don't always get to hear from. And so today we've got Jordan with us and we've got our friend Greg Kraft from Cedar Creek as well. And from what I have looked up the last time this combination was on the podcast, it's like our top episode. So it's a lot of pressure. Mm. It should be good. I I mean, I won't talk much. (laughs) Keep it going. Well, (laughs) um, I I will say this. Um, I do love the the format of the conversations these are conversations that we don't normally have yeah the, the mm-hmm. topics we pr- we're get you know going to jump into so I, I'm I'm pretty excited about that yeah yeah should be good <laughs> <laughs> all right well to kick things off for the summer um, we're going to talk about sustainable faith um, I feel like this is something that Greg you mentioned had been been stirring when I asked you for topic ideas mm-hmm. um, but really I think is stirring in a lot of us. Um, what is what does the word sustainable even mean, and how does that apply to um, our lives in a spiritual sense? And so, I guess that's the question I'm going to pose to you first, Greg. Is is what does sustainable mean? Yeah, I think um, kind of framing that is you know I've been doing this a while now, and there's a lot of people just burning out in ministry in their faith. And how to make it sustainable, you know, and in relationships, you know, you've got the the new and the wow and the honeymoon and all those things. But after a while, it's still then it becomes the daily. And I think those are where you start to drift. And I think sustainable faith is keeping um, staying faithful to the one who's always faithful to us, Mm. but also keeping it alive where it's not just duty. You know, it's like, oh. I just can't wait to get to heaven and get this done. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> it's like I want to I want to enjoy this and live in this yeah. while I'm doing it now instead of just going through the motions. I mean, we serve the king, <laughs> and then that should not be a, a boring thing. But I think there's times where it just um, grinds, mm-hmm. and uh, to recognize that. So that's where the sustainable idea came in, and just looking at seasons in my own life where different things have helped at different times, mm-hmm. different ways. Yeah. And I think that's really helpful too, as we walk through this conversation well, for anybody who's listening. Um, I don't know. You just said something that struck a chord with me, the different things that have worked at different times. And I feel like sometimes we get caught in this uh, one size fits all. This is how we have to live out what faith is. This is what we have to do. We have to have this 30 minute quiet time. And this is what it always looks like. But there's a lot of joy in the experimenting mm-hmm. and yeah. figuring out this is what's working in this season of my life right now. Um, like, uh, I think I, I gave this example to somebody one time. If, if my wife and I went on the exact same date every week, did the exact same thing over and over and over every week for the rest of our lives, for the rest of our marriage, we'd probably get bored at some point. But we have to try new things and do new, like, different things uh, to continue to grow in our relationship. And so, I don't know, I just love that you said that. There's different things that work in different seasons that help us sustain that relationship. Yeah, and I, I, I like the fact that you said trying something new. You know, we get caught in the, what we should do. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's times where that really works. And other times where, you know, I just 
I just checked it off. That box has been checked, but my soul's not different. I didn't feel like con- I connected. It's just mm-hmm. that's done. Um, I, I was a good boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't mean it's like, okay, thank you. Uh, but it doesn't have, uh, it doesn't keep it alive and vibrant, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Jordan, you mentioned the word like experimenting. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I, like has resonated with me over the really the last year or two is like, I feel like different like weeks and months have even just been like, I'm going to try this thing and see what happens. Um, but how, how do you know when something clicks and is good for that season? Oh man. The, in the, <laughs> that's such a tough question. I, I really hate answering questions like that with, well, you just know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there are certain things that, yeah, I mean, th- there is a little bit of an element to that where, um, Oh man, that was that was new, and that was just really life giving. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of joy in that, or I just experienced God in a new way that kind of opened my eyes to something else, and that was so good. And it goes beyond just the emotions of it. Emotions are part of it, absolutely, yeah. but I just connected with God in a new way, and that's worth exploring again. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I think there's certainly the element of yeah. Yeah, you just, you kind of know <laughs> when yeah. something sticks. But, um, yeah, noticing, and that, you know, that's a that's a word that we kind of have to be intentional about noticing things that yeah. happen in our lives or moments that we're in um, when we connect with God in a certain way. But noticing, this was different. This was really good. How do I step back into that? Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. You know, and, and if it's... Um, in Enneagram world, you know, whatever your type, your primary leaning is, there's certain disciplines that speak to that person better. You mm-hmm. know, if someone, say they're a seven, they love the party, they love everybody, what they need to help round them out would be more times of silence, solitude, being alone. And that's yeah. that, that doesn't feel normal or natural, but every time I step into, and I'm not a seven, but every time I step into something that's, good for my type like this feels kind of awkward but there's something good on the other side it's like yep i needed that and there is that this one really fits and you kind of know it but there's the other ones Mm -hmm. is that made me feel uncomfortable i need to step into that a little bit and find out Mm -hmm. the why so what what did that stir within me what am i resisting in that what am i trying to keep hidden that this is now exposing yeah i think there's so much to uncovering how God has wired us and discovering what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I mean, you mentioned Enneagram types, but I, I'll just think about like spiritual temperaments as well. Mm-hmm. If I think about the sacred pathways, um, you know, the, the nine spiritual temperaments or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Seven, one, one, <laughs> I don't remember. Nine's on the Enneagram, seven, seven's the spiritual temperance, I think. So, um, but somebody who's an enthusiast is going to be totally different than somebody who's an, an aesthetic and, yeah. and like, um, so learning, well, okay, this is how God has wired me. And this is maybe how I can connect with him in these different ways. Um, maybe stepping into all the different ones at some point and seeing what clicks. But, um, when I discover what really is good for me, um, yeah, it can be both really easy or kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> both of those things are applicable. So, I mean, if God's made us all uniquely different, you know, every thumbprint's different, um, but we give a prescription of this is the right way to have a spiritual life with God. 
you know, read your Bible, daily quiet time if you're really out there fasting. You know, those are just the basic <laughs> you're ones. Really out you're there. really out there. But you know, we've got this little list that we kind of preach and teach a lot, but there's a lot of other things that um, can speak to how God's uniquely wired us that helps us grow and notice him, back to noticing and seeing him in more things mm-hmm. instead of uh, this one prescription works for everybody. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where some of the lack of sustainability can come in where I've been doing this, I've been doing my quiet time, I've been praying like this, and I'm just getting dry. Mm-hmm. Or something else, uh, my soul's not getting nourished somewhere and I start to drift off into things I shouldn't. Mm. You know, and I think it's keep, we keep hitting that same lever expecting something to happen. It's going to be different this time. Yeah. The way you describe that of like going through, for lack of a better term, going through the motions of like just doing the same thing, that also reminds me of the like check engine light analogy mm-hmm. where it's like I've been doing the same thing for so long that I didn't realize that there was something else that was like missing that needed to like be be added in or removed or whatever it was like could be. And it's like that light shows up and that's kind of when you know, hey, like something something's up here. Something maybe I need to add something or I need to try something different or I need to shift where this even just fits in my day. Mm-hmm. Don't put a piece of black electrical tape over it. No. And <laughs> yeah. that's what we do spiritually. We okay. ignore it. Yeah. yeah I don't, hold on. That's I don't what we do in now. our physical cars, too. Absolutely. <laughs> I, oh, just, yeah. Just turn the music up louder. I can't hear the sound that's in there that I'm not supposed to hear. Exactly. So. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to throw in a little bit here. On, on the sustainable piece, um, Being a, seeing a few more winters, It's I've had a, a view of different seasons of life and how different things have impacted me. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of falling back in love, you know, falling in love with your first love again, there's certain things that you get. You can almost go so far over this way that the little things don't matter again. And some, sometimes you come back and something just as simple as just chewing on one verse for days on end is just so nourishing. Mm-hmm. So it's that busy season of I sh- the shoulds here and there's different shoulds for different seasons feels like you know if you're if you're young you you want to build the right habits right and if you have a young family you your time starves so you catch what you can um and then you get to be you know older empty nesters and then they might go back to um reading in in god's word longer just staying outside in in the beauty more and noticing and and times of journaling and then times journaling doesn't work as well but I think it's that rhythm that you kind of keep coming back to. I mean, winter is going to come again. There's going to be a season. And I think to, to be okay with stepping into those and breaking uh, the prescription, if you will, for a while, you know, and uh, kind of keeping it very open-handed to God. Like, you know what, God, I don't, I'm not connecting like I was. What, what is it? You know, it's not like he doesn't already know, mm. mm-hmm. you know, Greg, this is what you need. You, have you thought about this? And listening to him nudge us into something different, you know? Um, so I think that that rhythm and that season piece is be aware of the season we're in and be aware of what we're, we're not paying attention to. Mm. Yeah. Don't pretend because it's, it's going to come back. You know, I feel dry mm-hmm. over here. Well, then say you're dry over here. You know, <laughs> don't pretend it and don't yeah. just, you know, yeah. double down on what's not working. Yeah. 
or even, you know, even if we're not pretending, I think sometimes the trap we fall into is we feel like we have to try to fix it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and we miss a huge connecting point with the Lord to walk through that with us to say, God, I feel dry. What's going on in my life? Yeah. Uh, what needs to be going on in my life that's different? Um, but I think sometimes you're right. We double down on the, what do I need to do? What, what, what do I need to do? And that's a conversation that I have with myself and not with the Lord. I want to mm-hmm. fix this so that my relationship with him is better. But why don't I invite him into the conversation? That part of it is also a really great growing moment for the two of us together. Yeah, yeah that reminds me of, um, like, I guess this would have been the last time you were on the podcast, Jordan. Like when Michael spoke and we were talking about we were sheep and we wander and it's like we get this like intimate time to like wander back with the Lord leading us. Mm, It's not like I got to try to scramble and get my way back on path. It's now I get this intimate one on one time to walk through this place I've been with him Mm -hmm. to get back to where he wants me and. And I think that's kind of what this is also is yeah. there's there's a beauty in in getting to walk through a dry season where it's God, why why am I feeling this way? And agreed. He carries us part of the way too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the evil one, uh, you know, you've got a flock and then he you start to feel dry and you kind of step back away from the flock a little bit, and then you're separated thinking you're the only one, then he just runs ragged, then he goes in for the kill. You know, we need wool around us. We need lots of wool around <laughs> us to protect us from those kind of things. Um, I, I, something else that just, you know, struck me as you were talking. The other thing that's interesting with, I think, with sustainable faith is um, spontaneity. You wouldn't think that would be it. It should be something that's planned out, but it's like, it's the noticing, like you mentioned earlier, I, I feel like I should just pause for a second. Mm. Yeah, and that might be the most spiritual thing I do mm. that day. Or you know what? I just need to pray about this. Or I just noticed. Or thank you for that beautiful flower right outside my door. Those are the everyday um, beauties of God, His graces, and it's that separation of secular and sacred that I think trips us up. Mm. I don't feel mm. like I'm spiritual enough. Well, no, I, you just aren't noticing what I've given you. You know. I, I think there's something to that. When you feel the nudge of the Spirit, do it. Yeah. And there's definitely still the place for the planned things. You, we need both. And I yeah. think that right. that's, that's the part we miss is you feel like, uh, I, you know, we, we talk to people that are probably on both sides of that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I want my, all my time to be spontaneous mm-hmm. and just walk with the Lord and the Spirit in that way. Or I want everything to be planned. But there's this really sweet spot in the middle where... Mm-hmm. I still have the discipline to walk in the things that I've planned, but I'm also noticing what the Spirit wants me to step into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you talk to your family in the morning, you know, hey, before you go off to work or whatever, but if you feel like you want to touch base with them in the middle of the day, you, you send them a text, you give them a call. It's not like, well, no, it's not our time to talk yet. It's not 6 o'clock. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we talk in the morning, we talk at night, we just check on the day, yeah. but it's that, no, what about, I just wonder about this. And I want to check in with someone and see what they think about this. Have they noticed that? Have they felt that? God, what is it in this that you want me to have or notice? Um, I think it's just learning to listen to that voice. And, and it's, 
you have to be intentional for sustainable faith. It's not just going to, you can't live in the backdraft of a big event. Yeah. Or a big yeah. high. I mean, that was awesome. And you can live on that for a while, but eventually that kind of fades. And it's like, okay, well, what is it I need to keep pursuing you with? How do I need to, not earning, but pursuing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, you know, you've, I've given you everything you need in Christ Jesus, but that, I think for us, that that pursuing, that walking with keeps us engaged intentionally. I something that um, kind of resonated with me throughout this last year was the difference between routine and rhythm. Mm -hmm. um, and like, to me, routine is the things that I do every day. It's like, I wake up at this time, I spend, this is, hey God, this is your time. Here's, here's my routine of like, I'm going to be there. But the rhythm of my life is different in the sense that there are the spontaneous things that come up. And they're not a rhythm that I create, they're a rhythm he creates. And it's like being receptive to that and how I need both of those. Mm -hmm. Like I need the routine of every day or I'm, routine's a good thing, so <laughs> I feel a little lost without it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I also have to, to be willing to look for the rhythm he's giving me and showing me is for, for a season of, mm -hmm. hey, like notice this thing that I've, I've placed here, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. Can I speak to this uh, resuscitation versus resurrection piece? Something yeah. I've been kind of, and I think it fits with the sustainable piece. There's an author, his name is um, Ronald Rollheiser. He's a uh, Catholic author. And <laughs> <laughs> he, he talks about the Paschal Mystery and he talks about the cycle of rebirth. And what I really love about this, he says there's a terminal death and there's a Paschal death. Terminal death is a death that ends life and ends possibilities. Paschal death, like terminal death, is real. However, paschal death is a death that, while ending one kind of life, opens the person undergoing it to receive a deeper and richer form of life. And I think what can happen is we were like Lazarus. You know, he was resuscitated, but he still ended up dying. He ended up going back to his old life if you will but that resurrection life is where the kernel falls to the ground and dies and more comes so i'm holding on to this part of my life that i probably should release and mourn that it's gone because the resurrection has something better for me mm -hmm. on the other side of that and and he breaks this down with the different parts of um, like the easter story uh, good friday the loss of life it's a real death. Easter Sunday, it's the reception of the new life. The 40 days, the time of readjustment to the new and grieving of the old. The ascension, letting go of the old and letting it bless you. That's the thing. Letting this thing you're letting go bless you and the refusal to cling to it. And then Pentecost is the reception of the new spirit for the new life, the one that we're already living. So a more of a common language be for us, name your death, claim your birth, grieve what you've lost, and adjust to the new reality. Don't cling to the old. Let it ascend and give you its blessing. That's the one I think that's tough. And accept the spirit of the new life that you are, in fact, living. I think that's a beautiful picture. Uh, I just kind of found this the other day, and it's just kind of rocked my world with this idea. If I wonder how much that we don't mourn and release that we should 
to get the new blessing that's coming. Mm. If his mercies are new every morning, doesn't mean these things don't, I mean, Jesus died. I mean, it doesn't mean these things aren't real and they don't hurt, but that idea of, of not releasing that. It's like the older brother in the prodigal son story. He couldn't join in to any of the joy because he was still stuck on what he had been doing. That's right, he couldn't join. The new birth, it didn't mean anything to him. His brother was back. Mm-hmm. He was bitter. Why didn't I get this? I've always been, you know. Um, I think part of, of the Christian life is releasing and, and learning from the deaths in our life and waiting for the new that's going to be born out of that or that's already happening in that. So I, where that fits in our conversation, <laughs> I don't know. But for me, I'm like, that was good. Yeah. To think about it that way. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we just dropped there. <laughs> Sorry, we're just processing, Greg. <laughs> yeah, so what do we do with what we just heard? I have no idea. It's, uh... I think there is a, a good piece of that that fits really into the sustainable life, though. Um, if I'm, if I'm so busy holding on to everything, especially the things that need need to go, Um man, like my life's just weighed down mm-hmm. and, and to, to step into spontaneous things into a rhythm of life is just much less possible when I'm stuck there just clinging on to everything mm-hmm. with, by, for dear life, essentially. It's like mm-hmm. instead of allowing space for new things that, that God's asking me to step into to sustain my life here, I'm just clinging on to old things that he's asking me to lay down kind of stuck on the journey mm-hmm. you know i mean i'm in a season of change personally um, my sons are going away one's moving to indy and one's going to missouri for school I mean, that's a big deal for us and uh a new season but those are good things that we will mourn mm-hmm. and loss but there will be a blessing that comes from that as we step into something new um it's i think it's that looking forward to the new and even in the midst of the pain change you know mm-hmm. and I think that's what helps sustain us in the God still has more there's still good he is still good and loves us you know yeah <laughs> yeah there's something in here that about change that I wrote down recently that I'm not going to find it now that we're talking about that well you'd mentioned something in kind of the the what we we're going to kick around the idea of the highs and lows on the journey, climbing the mountain on the journey. I mean, we're going to, we would use, not use, we would need different practices at different seasons of that. Yeah. Different mm-hmm. times of that. Um, and I think it's the ability to not just say, this is the prescription. Like I said that earlier, it's the, I, being able to move with the spirit with that. It's like, I, what I know is God is faithful and I want to be faithful in if, if I feel far from him, guess who moved, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Greg, what do you need to recalibrate and do, and, and, and the why is that? Or what sin is it? What's the thing I'm hiding? What am I pretending not to know? And I can cover it all up with this shine here, but I got this thing over here that's really broken, and I'm spending a lot of energy to keep that hid. And that I think that helps. I mean, that's what hurts people with sustaining the long haul, 
some, when someone is gifted beyond their competence, they're, they're more competent than their character can hold. That's dangerous. Mm. You know, uh, and I, I just think that's for a sustainable journey, even if you're not in full-time ministry, but just as a, as a believer in Jesus, that can be some dangerous ground. Yeah. I found it. <laughs> I was like, I know it exists in my journal because I opened this two days ago and read it to somebody else. Um, but this is, I'm going to forget where this like tied in, but I'm just going to say it because it fits, I think. Um, it's a quote from Beth Moore um, that says, I've seen a pattern. God calls people, gives them vision, starts them on their way, and just when it lo- when it's looking good, humbles and crumbles them. After the divine humbling and crumbling, the call, they're sure they have blown it and it's over. They don't realize that only now they are ready to serve. Mm. And I think, like you mentioned, season of change. Um, there's a piece of that for me where it's like, man, like everything was going good, and I kind of just had my hat on straight, and I'm, and I'm running, but I was neglecting other things because I thought I had it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then God gives me a little bit of a wake up call, and He's like, "Now you're ready." <laughs> Right. And and I see that in a lot of different areas of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that happens a lot in my disciplines when I'm like, oh, man, God, we're cruising along really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're talking all the time, whatever. Been in your word way more than normal. And he's like, yeah, but you kind of forgot about this piece. <laughs> like, I wanted, I wanted to talk about this, not just fill, fill our time with something else. Yeah. And, again, listening for the Spirit to lead in that. Yeah, I wonder sometimes if we get kind of hooked on the feeling, if you will. You know, I got to feel this way about God. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't help it, man. That just had to come out. (laughs) There's some dating right there. But anyway, it's that idea of getting. You know, I gotta, I gotta have this this spiritual rush. It's like, yeah, we're we're good, but we're not gonna have this. You know can't see this but my hand's going up and like a graph it's not always going to be that way <laughs> you know, you're not going to always be you know and, and i think that that's um refreshing and and good to know and in the journey it's like man this is not a sprint yeah yeah, yeah. you know i mean you you might have had a radical change and you're on fire for god now and then there's going to be times you know God's like, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Okay, son, let's head to the desert. You know? And yeah. over and over, it's that type of thing. But, Dad, can I do something else? I, is there any other way this cup can pass for me? Okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter's like, I, will n- I won't be like the rest of those yahoos. I will never forsake you. Really? <laughs> I don't even know this guy. It's that up and down. Um, but they... St- they even even in all that, and as things changed, they stayed with it as they were able to see the goodness of, of God and the faithfulness of Jesus, that he was the Messiah, and that, uh, he, yeah, he died, but he rose again. And that's that, uh, the resurrection power that we still have. I think that's, if we can keep going back to that very tried and true idea, it is because of the resurrection. We still get up and do this stuff every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think something that you're saying is that it's not, it's not about getting everything perfect. 
the encouragement there for us is that God just asks us to be faithful. Mm-hmm. God just asks us to show up. And sometimes that's so good. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we walk away from that and we're like, what in the world just happened? Yeah. And that's okay. Yes. And that's the, that's the hump we've got to get over sometimes is that, well, that wasn't like fun or <laughs> that didn't like take me on this emotional journey. Yeah. You, you said like, you know, the spiritual rush that I didn't take me there. Well, that's okay. That doesn't mean it wasn't good. Yes. Sometimes it's in, in the, the plotting, <laughs> the just moving forward. Yeah. That's right. Just keep moving. Keep showing up. Keep showing you know, living in that intentional, intentional way. Um, yeah, it's it's like say you go on a um, a retreat. There's been times I'd go for two or three days in silence, and I'm thinking that was a waste. I mean, I leave feeling like I've just I got time to make up now. Mm-hmm. Nothing. But six months later, something came out of that that I didn't see then. Mm-hmm. That gives me what I needed. I just didn't know it. You know, it doesn't have to be the rush. You know, not everything's going to be a, a spiritual candy where it's like, oh, this tastes so good. This is awesome. Sometimes it's like, you know, it's just a protein ball, pal, but you're going to need it later, you know? And it's, uh, I, I think there's a, a place for that. And the other thing that, that I did mention, but I, I think it's important for us to have a conversation on, is when you sense it, say it. For sustainability, when you're starting to drift, when you're starting to not feel it, you need to not try to hide that and pull yourself up by your you know, bootstraps and hunker down. You need to share that with someone you trust, saying, I'm, I'm in a season. If something's happening. Can you walk with me or pray with me in this? Yeah. And someone to ask you questions like, so, uh, Greg, what are you pretending not to know? Mm-hmm. What is the thing you don't want us to know? Is there something? Not that there needs to be, but I just got to ask you if I care about you. And what is, what is different now? Um, ask those basic kind of checkup questions, but I, but don't pretend it doesn't happen. Yeah. Because by the time people do that, they're in, in danger zone, you know. Mm-hmm. Get the checkup. I see that in, in ministry a lot. There's kind of a, a shame in not being spiritual, you know. You know, you know the language and you know, talking about Lectio Divina and we do these things but yeah it's so what does that mean how does that get the word into your heart how does how do you get it through you not just get through it mm-hmm. um, and it, I think there's just that intentionality of faithfulness showing up and uh, not always expecting the big bang but a deepening mm-hmm. you, st- you can sense a deepening you're, instead of building height, you're maybe adding to the foundation. Mm. You know, the foundation can stand more storms now. It doesn't look any, it doesn't look brighter or shinier, but the foundation is really solid. Yeah, and I think a lot of our walk for sustainability is foundation work, not high and shiny work. Yeah, I go back to something that I wrestled with, you know, uh, about a year ago. Um, and it's this idea, and it, this is a book title too, so <laughs> it was one of the books that I read um, last summer. It was called Do Less, Be More. Um, I read several books that kind of spoke into that. I didn't know that they were tied together at the time, but, you know, the Lord did. So, <laughs> uh, 
as I as I sat in that, you know, the, we have the tendency to make our lives look really busy and full, and um, a lot of the activity that's happening on the surface, you know, the building's getting taller, or you know, it's getting more ornate and decorative because we're doing all these things, and a lot of times. In our spiritual lives, in just our normal lives, we want people to see that. That's what we want people to see is that, oh, we're doing so much. We do so many things. And I think we kind of expect that God wants to see that too. Um, and that's not really the case. God just wants us to show up and be. Yes. Um, be who he's made us to be. And at the core of all of that, like your identity, my identity, is just to be a child of his. And so uh, between that book and the Ragamuffin Gospels, just speaking Mm. so much identity to your soul, (laughs) like this is who you are. God loves you. It doesn't matter how much you do. God's not asking you to do all these things for him. He's asking you to step into this with him, for and with. Those are two really big words that change a lot of meaning in life. So, Yeah. Take my yoke upon you and learn mm-hmm. from me. You know, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. Let me walk with you in this yoke. Yeah. No, I think that's that's well said. I really love the message version of that that verse. Um, yeah, Matthew eleven, twenty eight through thirty, where he writes, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. And I think that just sums up so much. The the keep company with me. Mm-hmm. And... The walk with me, the work with me, he doesn't get down into the details of what that means. He just says, walk with me, work with me. Let, let's just do life together. Let's be together. And all the rest of that stuff follows. Yes. Do you trust me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in a world where there's not a high trust really anywhere, um, I think that's huge. That's a big ask from people right now. You know, I can't trust people I can see let alone trusting someone that I can't, you know? Uh, and I think there's that piece that plays with people. Uh, yeah, it's that that faithfulness, that walking with them, you know, not looking for the the big mortar in the sky, but to be that 30-year Roman candle that shoots consistently, boom, mm. boom, boom. Trusting his goodness, it still makes, you still noticed, I mean, it still has an impact, but it's, sustainable it's not a boom and dies and because what happens is say um we see this in christendom all the time there's these spectacular failures right but it's there was a slow leak before it blew up yeah mm-hmm. it just it wasn't paid attention to and noticed and there were too many strokes saying man you you rock and then that just is such a a wound to the kingdom then and I think so sustainable, having a sustainable faith is not just about our own soul, but it's about be good, being good ambassadors for Jesus mm. as well. You know, our life is not our own. And I, I think that is a piece that I have to come back to. It's like, you know, Greg, you might want to do that. Who's that going to impact beyond you? You know, 
And if I knew, I think people that make those decisions that hurt a lot of innocent people, if they actually knew all the pain on the front end, they would, they would not. Yeah. You know, and the evil one speaks to our, um, our sense of lacking, our not enoughness that he brings to our attention. So we compensate there. And I think that throws us into a quick fix mode that's not sustainable. And it leads to a faith that's not sustainable. So, yeah. It, it's, it, it's reminding me, you know, you've you met people who have been married 60 years or so. Yeah. And uh, you don't want to be the ones that go out to dinner and they never speak to each other. You want to be the two that you're like, you see them and they're still talking and they're laughing and they're holding hands and they've been married 60 plus years. Has it always been that way? No, there's been heartache. There's been hard things. But they, they st- stayed the course and they're a great example for people. It's just like, yeah, I want to be like that when I get big. Yeah. When I, get older, yeah. I, I, I want that. That's what I want to do. I think um, something that I think would be cool for us to talk about, we've been talking a lot about noticing things and about listening and how do, like, how do we learn how to notice and listen to these things that we're talking about? Because I think, I think there's a decent amount of people that will listen to this, that, like this conversation we're having that are like, yeah, all this sounds good, but how do I get there? And like, what are the baby steps to getting there that you've personally experienced or seen in other people? Try to sit quietly for five minutes. You'll feel like it's a day. Yeah. But just to be um, kind of no agenda, Lord, I'm just going to sit here and listen. We are so stimulated all the time, even if we don't even notice it. I mean, it's just, it takes just a while. And getting used to being okay, not doing, and just being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That feels foreign. Um, how productive is that? Very, you know, and I think just to start the baby step, I would say is just sit quietly in the right posture, you know, feet planted, arms open, don't be crossed up, but just kind of, and then listen to your breathing, breathe deep and realize those are gifts. That is a gift. No one is guaranteed that next breath. That's a gift for you. And if you just listen to your breathing and just sit there for five minutes, that's a good first step in getting a handle on this. Yeah. I remember the first time I did that. Um, gosh, y'all, that broke me. <laughs> <laughs> I I had been in a place where I just, I've been running so hard and doing so many things. And um, it was not even necessarily like I was reading some book that was not even necessarily a spiritual book. It was called, it was how to break up with your phone. And I was like, I was just trying to distance myself from technology a little bit at the time. And it was, it, it asked me to do that. Just sit, focus on your breathing for five minutes. And it wasn't three minutes guys before I was sitting on a bench off of trail three at Pokagon. And I am just like crying and I'm like, nobody else better come down this trail right now. Mm-hmm. I'm having a moment. Yeah. <laughs> But there, yeah, there is so much to that because um, there are things uh, just in the emotion of that that I would never have noticed. Mm-hmm. 
or I wasn't allowing myself to notice. There wasn't space for me to notice. Yeah, I wonder how many people um, have the radio on or the TV on or, you know, Spotify on just for noise. How many times do you hear that? I'm at home. I just have it on for noise. Yep. So what is that distraction doing? It's not allowing for that quiet to come up. You probably didn't even know what the thing was that came up. Gotcha. Right. But it's that, that's kind of how the soul comes out, you know, in the quiet. It doesn't come out in the noise. Here, soul, make us make a lot of noise. We're ready for you. Uh, no, it's just, <laughs> no, nah, it's not safe. And I, I think that will be a, um, if you can do that for five minutes, you know, for a few times, I think that's a great handle to start being able to step into other things that are in that vein that help with that relationship just the detox Mm -hmm. and there's a practice element to this too um, Mm -hmm. where you know it might not be the first time where you walk away and go wow that was that was really good Um, or if you get to a point where you're like yeah I'm really beginning to notice some things in my life when I stop and I slow down and then you get out of the practice of that for a while um, I've noticed that in my life before when I get out of the practice of it and I try to step back into it, even though it's something that I've done a number of times before, if there's a lot of distance between it, I notice that, oh, this is not as easy for mm-hmm. me as it used to be. It's not as easy for me to enter into, to listen and allow God to speak and, and just notice what's going on. For sure. I've got to try a lot harder. <laughs> and, and it's like, I know this path. Why is it taking me? Why is it harder for me to get started on this thing? Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. You know, uh, Adele Calhoun, she is, uh, her and her husband do a lot with uh, spiritual formation, spiritual discipline. She's got a great little book. It's called The Spiritual Disciplines Handbook. And, you know, we think we've got this handful of disciplines. I'm not sure how many are in here. Uh, 40. Plus, but there, there's stuff, <laughs> yeah, and it's stuff like um, just compassion to become a healing presence of Christ to others, contemplation to wake up to the presence of God in all things, um, gratitude, just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit's prompting to live with a grateful heart, um, humility is, is, is a discipline, uh, meditation, I mean, rest to honor God and my human limitations through restful rhythms. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of, and just self-care, to value myself as my Heavenly Father values me. There's so many things in here that we don't think of as a, as a rhythm. I mean, discipline is the name, but there's a rhythm, there's a place for this because it's good for us and it was given to us. It's like Sabbath. Mm. You know, uh, it's just a, it's a good little handbook. It's like two pages. That's it. Here it is. Here's the practice. Now go try it. Yeah. So. And you mentioned gratitude. So, you know, I have to talk about it because <laughs> I, you know, I'm so hung up on that <laughs> recently. <laughs> but I think gratitude is a great way to help us notice. It's so good in helping us notice. Uh, and you, you talked earlier about this, like this separating the, the sacred and the secular. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're so intricately intertwined, actually. Things mm-hmm. that might seem secular are actually really sacred. And when we give gratitude for those things, uh, Greg, I even think it was you that told me one time, you know, just 
Can you tell God what you're actually grateful for, not what you feel like you're supposed to be grateful for? Absolutely. <laughs> if you're grateful to be sitting in that comfy chair right now, that's okay. Like, you ought to thank God for that. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a moment that you're getting to have right now. And that helps us notice. Mm-hmm. helps us notice these are the ways that God is blessing us, um, even in the really small things mm-hmm. that might seem like they're not sacred spiritual things. Yes. They, they become that. Yeah, I, I've said this um, before publicly at church several times. Um, I think gratitude is the secret to the Christian life. I mean, if there's a secret, I think that's it. It's um, just being grateful to be saved, being grateful that there's a God who loves you. Mm-hmm. In the midst of all the swirl of all the other stuff we talk about, at the end of the day, that's the thing. And to be grateful for that. Um, it's easy to be a spoiled people. It's harder to be a grateful mm. people. And I believe that, it, again, it's it's simple. It's just not easy. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. someone say you should be grateful. That's pretty simple. Well, really, is it? It, it is, but it's not easy. Mm. You know, I'm grateful for this, but I wish I had that. Well, no buts. I'm grateful for this. And I think that's a great part of this practice. Something else to add. Um Say you do the five minutes, then notice and don't think about what you should be grateful for. Just notice something that you're grateful for. Don't get into the shoulds and oughts, but that what do I notice? What what do I appreciate? What am I grateful for right now without a lot of thought? Mm -hmm. I think that would be a good next step in something like that to put your your feet into some of these rhythms and things to look at. Mm -hmm. Well, Jordan, you shared something that's been, like, good for you in your personal time. Greg, what's something that is good for you right now? Mm. The thing I'm leaning into probably the most uh, at this season is the welcoming prayer. Uh, Again, it's that, yeah, I know God knows everything we're doing, what I'm thinking and feeling, but it's, Lord, I welcome you into this mess I welcome you into my doubt. I welcome you into this thing. Um, And I trust you in it. It's just that welcome of that, saying, I know you know, but I just formally welcome you to be in this with me. And it helps reframe the way I see it as well. Instead of, oh, God knows, yeah, but I welcome him him into it. And also the examine. I I think that is a foundational one for me. Lord, what did I notice you, what did I miss you? And can we try again tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of it. Where did I notice you? Oh, well, that's where I missed you. Help me review my day, and then let's try again tomorrow. But probably the welcoming prayer is the most I'm using right now. And I still have the practice I've had for forever, talking about thankful for the chair. I have an old chair at home with a blanket that I do now replace about every six months because I wear them out. I get the, the $10 <laughs> blanket. Okay, I just do. You wear out a blanket? I do. Well, you know. What? You just, just saying. I've never heard somebody wear out a blanket. Well, it's been washed a few times, and it's not near as soft and fluffy as it okay. was, so I, you know, it's I repurpose okay. it. Okay, I got you. But <laughs> is it Oakley's now? Is that what it well, is? Well, yes, it is, uh. partly. But I, I, I love my chair and my blanket, and I have a, uh, it was a candle for a long time. I just light watch it now it's a little oil lamp that i have and uh i light it and i just sit in my chair and i'm just in peace i just i really can't tell you what i do in that time 
I do set a timer because if I don't, I'll stay there forever. It's about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I just am open to whatever thoughts come. Um, sadness comes. Joy comes. Just whatever comes, whatever the Lord brings up is kind of what I, it's almost like my own little spiritual direction, you know. Um, so, Greg, how's your soul this morning? Tell me what you're thinking. What would you like me to hold with you today? And then it just, just let it go. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Um, my family thinks it's kind of odd. <laughs> you don't have to listen to Zach. <laughs> no, we don't have to listen to Zach. No, that's kind of odd. Why do you do that? Just, eh, it's, it's my jam, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. But I, I think those type of things are life-giving and grounding mm-hmm. for me. Mm. Yeah. Jordan, I think... This is a quote from you, honestly. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a while. It's a couple of years I ago. I need a pen. I need to write this. <laughs> you might want to. <laughs> um, uh, but I think the way you phrased it was a praying life is sitting and thinking deeply in the presence of the Lord. Mm. And, and that's like exactly what you're talking about, Greg. Is like I'm not, it's not this formal, like, here's everything I need to say to you. Or I need to do the specific thing. It's simply thinking in his presence. Mm-hmm. How's my soul? Mm-hmm. Here, here it all is. And it, it mm-hmm. might just be rumbling around in your head, but mm-hmm. it's still a good thing. Yeah, I think there's a time to come to God in you know the formal way, if you will. Yeah. But I also think there's a, a place to just be um, a child before him. Because at, at the end of the day, you were, we were children before we were servants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to kind of remember that um, is... Yeah, yeah, it is work. I mean, I think being intentional to keep your soul nourished is is work. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not in the work, you know, not in the doing thing, but you just got to make space for that to be there. I don't think you we can microwave this stuff. You know, I got thirty seconds, Lord. I need to go ahead and be refreshed for the next six months. No, it's like, what are these little deposits you're making? What you know, or what's the space we're making? You know, if you have a full plate, the next thing you put on top of it, I don't care how cool of a practice it is, it's going to fall off, right? I almost brought this metaphor up earlier because you used it with me before, and we were talking about something else. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm thinking about the buffet line thing right now. Yeah. Where <laughs> if I've got a full plate, even if it's the best thing, if it is the best thing and I'm putting it on top, it's going to fall off. That's right. It's going to fall. And it doesn't pro- matter how good it is. Nope. And other things will fall, too, because that's... Oh man, I just, I, oh man, that is all. And there it goes. Like, mm. Yeah, if it's too full, it's too full. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yay, barely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Okay. Um, guys, thanks for joining us um, for this one. Um, Man, I really feel out of practice on my intros and outros here. I'm like not normal. Like it's not normal anymore. It's been too many weeks. But yeah, um, if you need any information on the Take Two podcast, download the CCH Trine app. And I probably should have let Jordan say that one. But yes, please download the CCH Trine app. It is the best way to stay connected with ministry. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, follow us on social media and. Yeah, we'll be joining you guys in the weeks to come.